Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Brady. I will be your host tonight, and I'm joined by my lovely, lovely friend, my good buddy, Mikey Stevens, from Staff and Graph, among other things. Mikey, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing I'm doing great. There's nothing I want to talk about more than Canada's team, uh, the <laughs> Winnipeg Jets, just like you love them. Um, boy, this was this a was this a Winnipeg Jets hockey game? Let yeah. me tell you. Yeah, it was it was uh that 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 is exactly how I would put it. I mean, it's been very funny. Uh like Mikey and I are, are buddies in uh just in, in real life and so like that. So we we obviously chat. He's uh you know following around the leaf speed a lot more than uh the Jets, obviously. So uh, I have to come in and always kind of pitch the Jets to them as, as this fun, dynamic team. They're a new team this year. They're different. And the game you joined me for is a game that feels very, very much like, uh, you know, maybe previous versions of the Winnipeg Jets. Of course, they do lose tonight 3-2 to the Nashville Predators. In general, Mikey, what did you think of the think, think of the game? We'll, and then we'll hop into more specific things in the, after. If I'm going to be real with you, I, the Jets, they just don't have the juice to me, you know? Like, it just... It just really? Like, it just I, seems I, like that. I, 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 get why, I get why you say that. Um, obviously, tonight's game is a little bit different than than you know the traditional jets games that you know where they have been kind of been dominant in the in the you know previous games uh i think i think the first thing we just have to talk about naturally uh not the greatest game from laurent brassois (laughs) yeah so when i when we were um you know, when you'd pitched coming up, me coming onto the show, I was excited. And then I looked at the, I looked at the game and I'm like, oh, you know, the predators, that could be good, whatever. And then I looked at, and then I realized, oh, it's a, it's a Laurent Brassois game. It's not a Connor Hellbuck game. But, oh but, boy. But at the same time, it's like, uh, Laurent Brassois has been a good goalie in the past. Like he, when he was with the Jets initially, he was a Absolutely. good goalie. When he uh, dominated the Jets in the playoffs last year, he was very good. And so, Coming into this game, or not this game, but this season, like Laurent Brassois has been this goaltender where uh, we kind of, you know, we lost him after he had performed very well with the Jets. Um, and we finally got him back. And the, a big topic in Jets land has been we can't have Connor Hellebuck playing 65 games a year. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, this is this was his fifth game of the season. We've seen like one good performance out of him. Um so it is a little bit tough because coming into this game, like uh, Connor Hellebuck, you know, pitched a shutout against the the Florida Panthers two nights ago. Uh, there's a lot of topic of discussion on whether or not, uh, you know, you should start Connor Hellebuck in a game like tonight, uh, or if you should go to your backup in in Laurent Brassois. Um, I would like your opinion. Try you maybe maybe just try to keep the, uh, you know, the what ended up happening. Um, what's your thoughts on 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 LB getting the game tonight? For example, uh, it was his fifth of the, of the season. You know, twenty games in, uh, so about a quarter of the games. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think? What What do you think of yeah, his game tonight? He needed to get in tonight. He needed to. Well, I didn't like his game tonight, but he needed to get. He needed to get into the game. You're right. Like, I think it's. I think other than. Um, other than Vasilevsky, uh, I think it like the last goaltender to start 60 games in the same season they won a cup was 2011 Jonathan Quick, I believe, or 20 Ooh. or 2012. Sorry, 2012 Jonathan Quick. So like it's it's the the era of the um, of like the workhorse bell cow goaltender. It's just not 
it's not a thing anymore. Like it, it, it it's, you have to have it, maybe not like a pure tandem, maybe not a pure like Linus Allmark, you know, Jeremy Swayman, like you basically split them down the middle type tandem, but you need to have somewhat of a one B or maybe even a one, you know, a one C if you want to call it that. Um, and look, Connor Hellbuck, he's a phenomenal goaltender. He just resigned for, you know, for seven years. Uh, so that's exactly what you want. Uh, you know, like you, you want to ride your, your horse, the guy that you're paying. Um, but like you can't, like you said, you can't have this guy be playing like 60, 65 games a season and expect to go deep in the playoffs. I mean, it, it just doesn't work that way. The human body in the way that the game is, doesn't work that way. So you needed to get Ross Swan in there. But, like, looking at his numbers, like, even before this game, and let's put that on the record, it was a bad game tonight. It was not a good yeah. game. So, he, he was rocking an 875 coming into this game. That's Jack Campbell territory, man. Like, that is... Don't say that name. It, Don't say that name. Don't say that name to I me. Mean, <laughs> listen, it just... Listen, I, I, I'm i here to tell you, to slap you in the face with the truth, okay? It, like, that's, that's what we were dealing with. And I... I Look, it's a small sample size. It's five games into the season. But, like, I, I look at the how hot the Jets have been. You know, they won eight of their last nine, like you said. Like, they, they've, they've been, you know, on fire. One of the hottest teams in the league. A team that, and frankly, not getting enough love for that. I mean, I know I, I, know I just said they, they, you know, they're not, they don't have the juice. And it's, just from, <laughs> and it's just from sort of that game because I looked at that game and I was like, wow, this is the, this is the Jets of old. Um, but... Like it, you need to be able to to rely on a goaltender like that, and they just didn't have it. Like he just didn't have it, and I don't know. Like he's it's, been good in the past, that's great, but like that doesn't really buy you anything now. Yeah, it it, it was really frustrating because like at the start of the game, like I and, and to kind of get more into you know how the game went mm-hmm. and kind of the flow of the game. Uh, I was, you know, pr- and just to, for context, like the last game that Bressois played, he actually played decently well. The Jets did really well at, at, at insulating him last game. This game tonight, I, I don't think they did that great at, um, especially considering, you know, Nashville shouldn't be a super dangerous team, uh, despite the fact that they've been hot recently. Mm-hmm. Um in the first period, I was really excited to talk about Brassois because I thought that he had he started off the game uh, and had some really really important and, and good saves, some important moments. There was uh, a moment where the Jets had had just gotten like a flurry of shots on on Saros, and we can talk about his game because he was phenomenal tonight. Um, where immediately after getting you know uh, so many multiple chances where it's stopped by uh, the opposing goalie, uh, the, the Predators got two or three quality good chances against right after, and Brassois looked looked good on those, and and those are what you know it, what's really important for a backup is to make at least like the timely saves because. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I was sitting here going, those saves are so important because you can see how quickly uh, the tide can turn in a game. And uh, it just took a little bit longer to turn, unfortunately, tonight. But uh, it was really, really unfortunate to see the way that the the game kind of got away from the Jets. And I think that, um, you know, despite the fact that they had had won the right moment earlier on when uh, he made those those saves at the key mo- at the key time, he then lets in, you know, a, a goal where. I won't even say like here. Okay, here's the thing. I he's not at fault for the puck going like he he is at fault for being miles out of his crease on this goal. Yeah, this is the first. This is the first goal yeah, we're talking about. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And 
like and and it's just and it's also the timing of it too because again this is a a goal that goes in with 40 seconds left in uh in 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 the period and immediately like what what's that supposed to do like that just completely broke uh the confidence of the jets killed their momentum we saw how the second period ended up going um which we'll get into in a minute but um it, i i don't even know where to go from here it's just it, it just really stinks because also at the same time, it's like, I want, I, I think that very much so the blame on that goal can be put on Brussois, but it is tough because at the same time you look at that goal and, um, you know, it, this is just a rush chance that the Predators got on, uh, on the Jets where, uh, a big rebound comes out in front again. Brassois shouldn't shouldn't be miles out of the net, but uh, he should have been able to. Or hopefully, you would hope that uh, either Morrissey can clear the puck out from uh, the net. You would hope that you know Shifley or Connor picks up their guys in front. Um, but I think that ah. the first, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not not what you would expect from the Jets, right? Or at least from those yeah. players. But um, I, I think the first goal, at very least, I think that despite the fact that Brassois miles out of his crease i think that there was more blame to go around uh the fact that you know the puck ended up in the net when it did um but then but then the the second period happens and uh mikey how bad was the roman yossi goal on a scale of of one to ten like uh, like we're talking like like this happens to your team how how much doubt do you have in your goaltender for the rest of the game when this happens that's a that like that's a controller thrower right there. Like that is a that that was a rough goal. I texted you being like, man, like you weren't kidding about like yeah. Brussois struggling coming into this game. Um, the thing is with with Brassois in this game too is like first of all, an, like an against against a team like Nashville on the road on a on like a Sunday night is exactly the type of of, of situation that you want to put like your high end backup into. And that's exactly like that's exactly what Brassois is. Like I remember uh, uh I was talking with I can't remember who I was talking with about this. We were at like a morning skate or something, and we were just like I think Vegas was coming into town and we were sort of like just lamenting about how the fact that he's not in Vegas anymore. We're like, man, like Brassois is like maybe the best like pure backup in the league. Like that is exactly what you wanna be the, the, the perfect situation you wanna be able to rely on him for. Um but he like the thing is, he looked pretty good outside of the goals he let in. Like, I, I, I just feel like the goals that he let in were were rough, obviously, and in a one-goal game. And I know score effects took over, so who knows what the score could have been otherwise. But uh, in a one-goal game, you know, like, the margin for error is razor thin. And uh, you cannot let a goal in like that, like the Roman Yossi one. You just cannot. It... It surprised the fans. It surprised the players. It surprised me. It, you know, it was, uh, it, it's it's just unacceptable. And it, and it kind of went into. It just sort of seemed like a self fulfilling prophecy where you know he struggled. He, he he had a good game, like you said before, but he was struggling coming in on the whole. And man, just uh, just not a good one to let in. Yeah, and 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 as far as you know, like the the third goal goes for for you know against that one is just. Again, one where you, uh, where it just kills uh, all of your confidence that you do have in your goalie. Again, it while sorry, not the momentum third goal, the, it, momentum killer, especially. And again, like you bookend the 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 first period with with a, a tough goal against where you know you can definitely put some blame on him, and then you start the second period like that, and I, that immediately led to one of the most uninspiring boring second periods yep. i cannot tell you a thing i i can't 
for off the top of my head, I have to take notes uh, be, no matter what when I do these games. But uh, off the top of my head, there was barely anything I can I can tell you that happened in that second period other than the goal that starts the period immediately off right away. That just the Jesus Christ that burned into my into my brain. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then, uh, you know, of course, they get the power play goal right after, which, uh, again, happens immediately like almost immediately once the power play starts and that one that that is one where i will say brassois couldn't have done anything there's just a backdoor goal it is what it is but it's just a goal you know like it's it's a goal and to to conclude the brassois talk would mm-hmm. you say that do you think the jets win this game if hellbuck plays absolutely absolutely they do i mean they they outshot out chance like it was like I, I'm looking at their heat, their heat map. Like their shots came from da- more dangerous mm-hmm. uh, areas than than Nashville's did. Like, of course they do. Um, I speaking of the second period, uh, Brad. Like, you know, I love you. You know, I'll I'll, I'll go in any show you tell me to. Um, but you know, during that second period, I was I was really you know like <laughs> you know doing I was really doing a uh, uh, a, <laughs> like a mental laundry list of uh, or like audit of you know my decision making for coming on <laughs> i was wondering what this i was wondering what what this episode was going to be like just because i'm like man if this is the rest of the game like i don't know if i'm good enough friends with anybody to sit through this the rest of this so uh look it it, it was a tough game every team has tough games i feel like and obviously we'll talk a bit more in depth about it but like i feel like there's only so much so you can only get so angry at a team that's one eight of nine and yeah. they drop a, 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 you know, a stinker like this. And also like, to be fair, it could have been a lot worse. Like, oh, absolutely. The fact, and, and the fact and, that it's a one goal game. Well, I mean, eventually it got to be a one goal game. Yeah, eventually. I, 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 I was writing down my notes here, preparing my show list. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I had to talk about was, oh, Soros slash, uh, the Jets didn't score any goals. And then uh, almost immediately after that, I had to scratch it out, uh, which was very funny. But um, yeah, no. And, and I think that that's a great point to bring up because, you know, if you if you said that you're in the last 10 games, your team went eight and two, no one bats an eye at that. And, you know, tonight felt like just to kind of talk a little bit more about the Jets as a whole, how they played tonight. Um, like this just looked like a team that was tired. Uh, it, it looked like a team that was getting off the end of a road trip. And again, I don't want to make excuses for them. I'm, I'm very critical of the jets. Uh, I know they can play better than they did tonight. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it, it is also the reality you're coming off uh, a big, huge win. You're on the last game of your road trip. Uh, the vibes are good. And maybe you take your opponent a little bit lightly, uh, you know, at least coming into the game. And you know, that, isn't right obviously you know i you can definitely criticize the jets for doing that but i also think it's important to remember the context that we're in here i don't think the sky is falling or anything like that obviously um and again as you said we they probably win this game uh if uh, (laughs) if connor hellbuck's in that um mikey i wanted to ask you uh in general like was there anyone was there any notable players that kind of stuck out to you on the jets tonight who uh you thought had maybe a good game uh or just stood out to you for any reason good game bad game uh just in general would love to know did anyone pique your interest well i mean obviously cal connor like he you know like like every every game i watch of cal connor's uh you know and, and the fact is like i'm looking at this you know uh expected goals now and he was just a smidge under 50 50 but like that guy he's just he's just a great hockey player man but um and, and josh morrissey i mean like the, the the headliners right like you got kyle connor and josh morrissey i thought 
Alex Iafala was very good tonight. Really? Um, mm. Yeah. I, I, see, this is really interesting because I, I personally, while I thought, you know, looking at even just like the, 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 um, you know, the, the stats here seeing like Kyle Connor had six shots on goal. Um, and, and even uh, just talking about in general, that top line, I felt like they just didn't have it tonight. Like did, I, I don't know what it was, but it felt like is Mark Shafley, especially looked really, really out of it in regards to yes, it, it. Like he, he just did. wasn't getting the bounces. Uh, he looked kind of just out of place, out of sync. Um, and for me, like I, as much as I, I, I will applaud Cal Connor for uh, his game, because I, I thought in general he had some some really good moments tonight, um, both on the offensive side of the puck, and uh, he even had a couple pretty good back checks, which is not something we get to say very often. Um, but I don't know, like I just felt like all of the shots that Connor had felt like these these rush chances where you're just kind of coming in, you're taking a wrist shot from. Where, you know, like, yeah. wherever, wherever, and it's just kind of going into like it. It didn't really feel like Saros needed to make any really tough saves on really anyone on that line. I mean, other than the 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 big flurry at the start of the game, um, maybe you think differently, but uh, <laughs> but that, that at least that's the way I saw it. No, like like listen, there are very few players on the Jets night that played well. I would say. Like it's, you know, it, I, I think I thought, I thought that Josh Morrissey had a phenomenal. Game. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. He, he is, legi- he is a legitimate defenseman, man. Like, like he is in that conversation. He should be, you know, like, yeah, included in those conversations when we talk about very good, if not, I, w- I, def- I don't know if I want to say elite, but like very, very good defenseman. Um, you know, like 23 minutes, uh, uh, you know, at even strength, you know, just dominating it. But I'm talking this contextually, right? Like, like the first line, yes, they didn't necessarily have it, uh, considering you know that they didn't have a ton of offense. I thought Col- obviously Cole Perfetti was pretty good, uh, you know, getting the uh, three-two goal and all that. But like, mm-hmm. it it just it, you look at their numbers and they were the best uh, that top line. You look at their numbers and they were the best line statistically. Which you know on an even on a night where they didn't necessarily have it, like that goes mm-hmm. to show maybe there maybe there needs to be some depth injected here. Maybe there needs to be some some extra secondary scoring. I don't know. Um but uh I don't just just the with, with, in regards to the secondary scoring with like the Jets, like I, the, normally the secondary scoring has come in very heavily through obviously the yes. Nemesnikov Perfetti line, but also the Lowry Appleton Nino line usually is a lot better. I thought they played well in general in regards to uh, constantly bringing like the four check on, making sure they were constantly on the other team. But I thought that they they among the rest of the team had, had it was it was very difficult to see um the 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 puck management just in general for the jets as a whole it felt like they were losing the puck at at moments that were um unnecessary not unnecessary dumpins um and i yeah. thought that while that line I will say I want to praise their forechecking. I felt like they weren't really able to create anything with it. So I think that that's where, uh, you know, in the past, like that line is kind of played as almost the Jets second line. And that's kind of, I think, where the ball got dropped tonight um, in regards to offense. I, you know, maybe, sorry, was that, was that to me or something else? Go, oh, outside? My bad. Sorry. Um, we got a siren situation back there. They're, they're coming for your hot takes, Brad. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Um, <laughs> But like saying uh, Kyle Connor had a couple of good back checks today. Uh, yeah, uh, but, but sorry, uh, but I do want to bring you back to the first line really quickly, um, because right now in, in Jetsland, there's been a big 
uh, talk about Gabe Velarde because Gabe Velarde is is penciled to come back uh, any day now, really. I think he's going to be a game time decision on Tuesday against uh, the Stars. Uh, initially, to start the season, he was playing. Uh, you know, the the he was the third guy on the the Shifley Connor line, um, and and that looked line that line looked really really good. And with Ayafalo on this top line. It's kind of given them a, a a bit more of a worker rather than kind of a more skilled player. But at the same time, we've kind of seen like I again, I thought tonight IFL didn't really bring a lot to like while he was in the right areas, he was battling for pucks. I, I it just felt like that top line didn't feel like a top line. And I think the easy wink weak link to point out on that line is IFLO. Um there's been a lot of discussion on on where uh, Gabe Velarde goes when he comes back. Uh, I know you're not as well versed in the Jets lineup as I am, maybe, or or some other people. But uh, just off of the top of your head, where do you think would you would throw that guy? Do you think you would start him off kind of slower down the lineup, give him some reps, uh, or maybe toss him back in the top line, kind of where he was, or throw him with the second line somewhere? Um, I would probably, I would probably get him, get him going, and and. Well, I don't know. Like Gabe Velarde is, is an interesting case because he does seem to thrive more. And I could I could be wrong on this, but just from from even in the past, like he does seem to thrive more when when put in top six sort of like offense first sort of situations. I mean, most players do, but I mean he's a player that specifically kind of needs that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's it's a tough it's a tough conversation to have because I think he does fit best on that top line. Like as much as I thought that, like I, I and this is just like an eye test type of thing. Like I saw a couple you know good separations from the puck uh, from I followed tonight, but he is definitely the weak link on that line. I mean, mm-hmm. from from the little bit that I saw, uh, I I see of Jets Twitter that's not solely you, um, <laughs> you know, on the uh, on the old timeline there. Uh, uh, you know, there was a lot of I found I saw a lot of sort of like ballyhooing that uh, uh, that that Iafala was there. Uh, that he was the guy who was going to fill in on that top line. Um, so, you, do you want to do you want to throw him right back into the fire? Do you want to you sort of like I would say you know pencil him in on that third line, let him get his legs under him for you know a couple of games, two or three, and then put him back up with the big guns in uh, in Connor and Shifley. But it, if he's healthy, if he if he's ready, like how long has he been out? Oh boy! Since I think he played like three or four games, like he's 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 missed. Uh, a, a, he... Oh yeah, then we definitely you definitely put him on the you definitely put him on that that Appleton uh, uh, third line. Like I like you you figure out some sort of way to, to slot him in there, get his legs under him. Uh, you know he's missed like a month and a bit. Like you, you can't you can't toss him right back on the top line. Expect him to to fit in there perfectly. And I follow is good enough. The sort of he's good enough in that spot right now to sort of like be a placeholder. That's kind of what he's there for, right? Mm-hmm. Like to be a placeholder um, in, until Velarde comes back. And even though he is back, you want him to be back. You don't want him to. You don't, you don't want, want to want rush him to, it. Yeah. You don't want him to drag down other people as well. You know, you, or you don't want him to go through because you know, Velarde, he's a, he's a guy who is impacted a lot by, by uh, uh, confidence. Right. And you don't want him to, 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 you don't want him to toss him out there in a situation that he might not be suited for yet um coming back from from his recovery and that just kind of tanks confidence for like a month and you go all right well now we've just wasted two months of Gabe Velarde that's not great so you want you want to do so I would say you know like toss him on the third line uh uh, get his legs under him and then kind of go from there 
for sure. And uh, it's it's funny because the the with with the Jets, like you can't really pen, you can't really say who the second and third line is because the Lowry line usually usually ends up playing more than the the you know the Nemesikov Ehlers line. Um, but I digress. That's neither here nor there. Um, anyways, let's 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 move on a little bit. One last thing, I I, I will talk about it later on, maybe uh, on another day. But I thought Pionk had a really good game tonight. Uh, I think he's been an absolute marvel for the Jets since uh, you know he this this year in comparison to years previous. Um, but I don't think we will have a ton of time to talk about that because I want to talk with you about right. the trade market. Oh yeah, and obviously uh, I'm I'm gonna ask for it to be a little bit related to uh, to the Jets. Um, it can be fully related to the Jets. I'm on game over Winnipeg. Exactly. Um, in regards to uh, you know, obviously you only really got to see one one game tonight here tonight. Um, what do you think the Jets should be targeting on the trade market if you know if if this team is what we believe it to be a potential uh, you know team that can make a lot of noise in the playoffs this year? Uh, where do you think they should be looking to upgrade? And uh, are there any names that kind of fit the bill uh, in regards to that? Dude, they need forward depth. Like they, like they, I, I find they need scoring depth. So it's it's funny because the Jets forward, like we would consider the Jets to have a lot of 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 forward depth, but mm-hmm. I think to to I I think they do need they need more scoring is the issue. Like yes, yes. that that is absolutely I one hundred percent agree with you. Um, that like a scoring winger or center, like they've they've got a lot of guys who could play center, um, on this team, uh, but. You know, magically, Nemestikov seems to be the guy who works on that second line. Uh, are there any guys who, in particular, who you think may be able to be pried loose, uh, might be able to fit well? Uh, who are who are the guys you're looking at? Well, I think like this this guy is probably not available just because he, he just signed a contract with the team. But I mean, like in addition, along those lines, is kind of what like what the Leafs did by getting Noel Achari last year. Like like a, a guy like that to inject on even like that fourth line, a guy who is, is, you know, like uh, potentially can give more than actually on some or, e- or even a Morgan Barron, you know, like to someone. Yeah. You know, I, like, I, listen, <laughs> sorry, listen, he played, a, he played a team low six fifty one at five on five tonight. He did all, he did well in his minutes. Like he did all right. But like, if you're not going to use them, you want to slot someone in there who's maybe a bit more experienced or someone who can compliment him, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I think a lot of that though also has to do with the jets trying to come back and scoring. I feel like on on another night, the, he probably plays a little bit more and has a bit more of a bigger impact. Uh, And also there weren't that many, there weren't that many penalties tonight too. He usually plays a lot more uh, on the PK. Um, But I do agree with you. I think that that scoring would be, absolutely the, the what they need to target i worry that a nola chari type player might be a little too much kind of like the the grit uh the mm-hmm. gritty kind of guys whereas if the jets are going to get gritty scores i would prefer probably maybe a guy like closer to a nino niederreiter who you know they got last year for me like me personally i think that the jets first of all they still need to get another like top four defenseman uh, I would mm-hmm. love to see what, um, you know, like a Chris Tanev could look like if he was playing beside uh, Josh Morrissey, although he and does any have of, any of the flames impending UFAs. Like, exactly. Like, any of, like even like Zadorov, uh, uh, Tanev, or even if you really want to make a swing for it, Hannafin, I think would fit phenomenally. Um, and up front, 
I, I I think I've said this to you last year, but like Connor Garland, I think would look great. Dude, Connor yeah. Connor Garland had a lot of Jets fans really really excited because there were a lot of rumors that he was going to be uh, available for trade, and then also at the same time that the Jets were going to be one of the teams that were in on it. Um, but then As I guess should be. yeah, absolutely, and it seems like. I guess nothing has really happened there. Um, another team which has been, or not another team, another name that has been kind of bandied about in Jetsland, uh, and I would love to know if you think that this would even be possible, uh, is a guy like a Pavel Bushnevich on oh, the Blues. Are you kidding me? If you're able to get that guy, you, you get him yesterday. Well, of, of, is phenomenal. of course, but I mean more like on, uh, in the lines of, do you think that a guy like that could potentially become yeah. available? Like, do well, you think, do you think the blues will, will be at a point like, who do you think, who do you see really as sellers this year? And then that's kind of how you have to, you know, navigate the decision on, on who's you're going to go for. Right. See, that's tough, right? Like, like, especially because there are teams, there are teams that are, that were expected to be good that have had rocky starts and you go like, okay, well, are they going to sell? Or are they gonna like like are they intending to sell or is this just like a rocky start and they and as well with with the way that the Florida Panthers made their run last year there are gonna be a lot of teams who are you know five or six points out of the playoff spot by the deadline and go like well you know all we gotta do is get in and it, like you know we we're just like the Panthers we can do that like I feel like there's it's gonna be. I feel like it's going to be somewhat of a seller's market just because it's going to be supply and demand. There's not going to be a ton of sellers out there because a lot of teams are going to delude themselves into thinking like, oh, why, why not us? Right. Um, but like, for example, uh, you know, they, they, they say that they want to win, uh, you know, a lot more and they, they say they want to, you know, be a bit more, I don't know, uh, respectable, but like the, I would take a look at anyone on the coyotes. I mean, like go for Dumba. Dumba is a great rental option. And these mm-hmm. are all rentals, but like Jason Zucker, for instance, I think he'd oh, be a I, yeah. addition. Mm-hmm. Like he's, you know, if you, he'd cost a bit, I think, just because you'd have to do, you'd probably have to do, you know, 50% retained and all that, like, which is, you know, not ideal. And also he's not off to a super hot start. He's only got like four goals in 13 games, no assists, that kind of thing. But I think he would be, he would be a great guy to insert into that middle six. He's a scorer. He's, he's, you know, got that proven track record. Um, and he's also on an expiring contract, so who knows? Uh, and he's someone who, you know, he's 32. He's not part of their plan. And also, like, Matt Dumba, if you're looking for that that top four uh, defenseman, like you're talking mm-hmm. about, I think he is he is a perfect fit. Like, he is a guy who who would really benefit kind of the way that this team plays. Um, obviously, again, like, on that on that expiring deal, uh, I think you'd be a great sort of rental. But, man, Con- Connor Garland... It seems like Connor Garland and Jason Zucker are these two guys that I think would just fit perfectly into that middle six. They would give them like the juice, as I, I was mm-hmm. talking before. Like it would give the Jets kind of a bit of that spark because you like look. There's a there's a difference between like depth, or there's a difference be- between I guess like having bodies and having depth. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Jets have bodies. Like I've like you know in the event of injuries, in the event of you know like w- whatever. You, you have the ability to slot guys in there and be good bodies. They're NHL bodies. But when it comes to making an impact, like, like you know, outside of the, the big ticket guys, you know, outside of yeah. even like, the, I, I feel like, and again, this is just sort of like on paper, there's not a ton there in adding, adding a Garland, adding a Zucker. Well, yeah. Someone- I mean, and, and like, if you look at, if you look at the Jets lineup right now, like, uh, and, and, 
that's what I like. I'm trying to figure ex- exactly where the holes are mm-hmm. to fill in. And as much as I love, I've absolutely loved what Mason Appleton has brought to uh, this team this year. It's like mm-hmm. a, a Stanley Cup winning team has a Mason Appleton on their fourth line, not their third, yes, right? Absolutely. And and so I feel like that's kind of the slot where, again, I think Connor Garland is like the perfect, perfect fit for that third line uh, on like the right. Piece. Exactly. It would be like adding another version of Nito Niederreiter, just smaller, mm-hmm. maybe hits a little bit less, but is uh, just a maniac in regards to uh, the, you know, um, it's a podcast. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And he's a yeah. scorer too. Um, and again, then that makes that third line again, even more like a second line that you can lean on. Um, Alrighty. Well, you know, that has been a lot here. I will, I will, you know, quickly throw to the chat and see if there are any questions here for me or Mikey, uh, preferably Mikey, because, uh, you know, we don't get to have, uh, this lovely guy here with us all the time. Um, <laughs> from Jay money. Here's one. Okay. Uh, why do you specifically think the jets are better than the Leafs? Like you've claimed every day on Twitter, love your jets being good takes. Uh, this, this referring to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I am the guy who has who has said that the Jets uh, are better than Leafs every day on Twitter. Yeah. Well, it's just because I like I like spitting facts. I just like telling the truth. <laughs> I'm a journalist, and uh, you know, it's just it's just embedded in the truth. Um, look, I think the Jets are doing great this year. Like, like the fact that this team did so well, while like it, given the uh, like we have to talk the fact that like this was Rick Bonus's second game back. Mm-hmm. You know, like like what team thrives the way the Jets have when their head coach has to step away you know, for, for like, what was it? Like at least two weeks, yeah. like two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Like that's extremely important. And to- on top of that, there's the emotional impact of that. I, this, this seemed, this, they seems like, or they seem like they have turned somewhat of a corner. Obviously tonight was a bit of a setback, but like every team has setbacks. Yeah. I, I cover the Leafs, believe me, every game is <laughs> a setback. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think there's a lot to like about, about this Jets team as much as I, I razz you. I, I, you know, I, I, I josh around with you, Brad. Um, but yeah, these, these jets are, uh, they're given, you know, they're, they're going to make you start buying tickets out there again. And I think that's, that's <laughs> putting what butts in seats. <laughs> that's what we can all hope for. Exactly. I, I am glad you brought up the Rick bonus thing because I personally haven't mentioned it. <clears throat> Sorry. I haven't, haven't, I didn't do the, the Florida game the other day. Um, it really is interesting to see the way, uh, again, a horrible, uh, a terrible thing to happen to his wife, Judy. Uh, but it's fantastic to see that she is doing better. You know, now she's Absolutely. she's even flying with the team. Uh, she'll be coming back with them to Winnipeg and then she'll be staying in Winnipeg, uh, you know, hopefully uh, go- going forward. And uh, hopefully there's no setbacks. Um, but I also think that one of the things that has really been key for the Jets this year is that the vibes are really good and completely different. It seems. Yeah. Like the, the removal of Blake Wheeler last year as captain didn't really work. Cause I think, uh, you know, the jets had had a good ha- first half of the season. And then I think things kind of slowly, um, you know, returned back to, to kind of the more, I'm not going to use the word. I don't want to use the word toxic, but um, just not, not good. Let's just say. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this year, it really feels like Adam Lowry has really righted the ship in regards to leadership wise. Um, as terrible as it has been, uh, the 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 horrible things that have happened to uh, the people around the Jets, uh, both you know Adam Johnson and his connection to yep. uh, Neil Pionk, Alex Iafalo, among others. Uh, as well as, um, you know, Judy bonus, uh, you know, having Rick take some time away from the team. Um, 
I, I, I feel like these, at the end of the day, the, the only silver lining you can take away from it is that, uh, it brought this team together. And I, I think that that is one of the key points as to why they have been playing very, very well. Uh, I think that this is a team that will fight for each other. Uh, again, tonight was a tough outing for them, but, um, this is a team I actually feel very confident in, uh, in regards to the possibilities that, uh, can happen. I think if they make the right moves, if they, they do the right retools at the deadline, I think that this could be, this team could be scary going into the playoffs and, uh, and yeah, and, uh, you know, Mikey, I'll let you have any, any final notes here. Uh, cause I think we're going to probably end it off on that. Uh, if you feel free to plug anything you got going on, uh, do your thing. Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm for the time being at the Hockey News, so read my stuff over there. Uh, Staff and Graph podcast, uh, you know, myself and Rachel Dory, we're uh, we're pumping out the content. It's uh, it's going great, so we're doing that. And yeah, look, the Jets are in a great place. I would love to do this again, Brad. If you ever if you ever need someone, you know, watching Jets hockey is a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> at least. So that's that's good. Um, but yeah, no, like like Jets fans, be very. You should be very happy, despite the fact that this was somewhat of a lackluster game. I think you should be very happy and, and optimistic because it does seem, just from an outside perspective, that the vibes are a lot different. And vibes really, really do matter over the course of an 82-game, you know, like eight-month season. So, uh, yeah, you can you can all sleep well tonight. For sure. And with that, uh, we are going to leave you. Make sure to follow Mikey on Twitter, at MikeyStevens81. Uh, follow myself at NHL Chunky. Follow at SDPN Sports. Uh, like the stream. Uh, f- uh, subscribe to SDPN. We're almost at 100K uh, subs. Please do that. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Anyways, have yourselves a wonderful week. The Jets will be back at it on Tuesday. Liz will be here to take you through that game. Uh, but thanks for tuning in. Have yourselves a wonderful evening.